0: hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the faith to go podcast your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family my name is david tremaine i'm the minister of formation at good samaritan episcopal church in san diego
1: and i'm Maya little Sonya, and i'm the youth minister at saint paul's episcopal cathedral I'm
2: Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the Youth Missioner for the Diocese of San Diego.
0: And uh, we welcome back Maya uh, and, actually, Charlotte, who has... I mean, Charlotte was on the podcast last week, but you guys were both <laughs> sick this week. Mm-hmm. Man, how are you mm-hmm. guys feeling now?
1: This pod- I feel
2: pretty good. Yeah. I gotta be honest. Um, I was under the weather, which I attributed to working with children and everything that they have getting to me, Mm -hmm. but in reality, I think I reacted to the medicine I was taking to help
1: me with that, so there's that.
0: Wow. Compounding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maya, how are you doing?
1: Well, I'm at home resting up today. I'll be fine. You had me down for a few days, but feeling better.
0: Well, you'll be in the prayers of all those listening to the podcast, I'm sure. Uh, So welcome, everybody, to this week, the week of October 13th. Proper 23 in year C. Man, we're getting up there. Uh, Luke is holding on for dear life, and I am tired of it. Uh, Let me tell you. (laughs) I would love a new liturgical season. It's It's coming.
2: Advent's on the way. It
0: just really drags on, you know, a little bit at the end of ordinary Mm -hmm. time. Uh, I mean, I love Luke's gospel. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I'm just excited to have a little bit of variety thrown in there. Get into a season like Advent, get some themes going, you know, mm-hmm. some darkness, some waiting, some expectation. Uh, so anyway, we are still in the middle of Luke's gospel today, uh, but before before we get into the gospel for today, we need to talk about our uh, Instagram poll from last week, which was based on last week's gospel reading. Um, Jesus talking about faith like a mustard seed. And so I put up, uh, we put up a on our Faith to Go story this past week, a question based on a piece of that gospel. So the piece of the gospel was, the apostles said to Jesus, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. And the question was, is there a difference between having faith that a command will be obeyed? And having faith that a request will be responded to, which may or may not have been confusing as a question (laughs) because (laughs) we don't have the same level of participation as usual. Though, of those people that participated, 100% of the participants said yes, there is a difference between these two things. And as the writer of the question, uh, I was just, I also said yes. Um and I was just I was thinking about the conversation that we had last week and about you know this idea that this verb obey in Greek uh, you know has this kind of this kind of feeling of like listening and responding you know and I was just trying to get at the like the subtle distinction maybe between, like, having a, having the idea that, like, the more, the bigger and more increased our faith is, the more kind of, like, power we have to wield over the world and other people, in a way. Like, if I say, move, mulberry tree, move. Like, that mulberry tree has to move over, like, a sheer force of will, like a command. And there's a difference between that and, like, to me, more of, like, an approach to creation and other people and humility of, like, you know, invitation, that there's a difference between invitation and commanding kind of thing, that they can seem similar, but they're both very different in their intention. That's what I was trying to get at. Um, But, you know, I only had a very small screen and only a limited (laughs) word count to convey that idea. So I don't know. What did you guys think? What do you think of that question? Well,
2: I have to say that um, it's interesting when we consider the difference between invitation and command, right? And so much of what we consider when we are in relationship with Jesus and when we're reading these parables and lessons is whether it is an invitation or a command. And sometimes it's both, um, I have to say. But as I considered the question um, in the limited character count that was provided on Instagram, mm-hmm. I had to say that, yes, that that is... You expect more for someone to obey a command than to honor a request. Mm-hmm.
0: And there's a difference between those two things.
2: Oh, yeah. for sure, there is. Yeah. Definitely.
0: All right. Well, thanks everybody that did uh, participate. Um, we invite you to check out that poll, whether it's confusing or not, every week. <laughs> Throw just thro- push one of the buttons. You know, if you don't, if the question is confusing. It'll be fun to participate no matter what. We'll always talk about it on the podcast. And we encourage you to engage with us in any way that you can. And that includes uh, sending us uh, your stories or questions or comments, uh, as well as engaging with that Instagram poll. You can always contact us through Instagram at faith to go You can contact us through the website, www.myfaith2go.org. And you can also contact us through... Uh, Email faith to go at So uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, thanks again to those who participated and those who who engage, you know, through the website and the and the Instagram. We just hope to continue to build uh, this community, and we we love to know and get some feedback from you all um, from about what you're looking for, what your discussions are like, what you're learning as we go along throughout the year. So. Having said that, we are going to move into our discussion for today. And today, like I said, we are still in Luke's gospel, and we are in the story that follows the story from last week. So we're still in Luke chapter 17, uh, so uh, proper 23 in your C. So um, Charlotte is going to read the gospel, which is Luke seventeen eleven through 19, and then we'll each take some time uh, to check in about and highlight a point about the gospel for this week. Not, not too much context we need because we're still just right in the same place that we were last week in terms of the, where we are in the Gospel of Luke. Um, one thing that we always try to highlight when uh, they're talking about regions, and especially about Samaria and Samaritans, uh, is, this, is the history between uh, the Jewish people and the Samaritans, uh, the history between Samaria and Judea. And if you know, and if you recall from Jewish history and from Hebrew scriptures, that there was a split between the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judea, where Jerusalem is. And over the course of the history after that split, uh, the the kingdom in the north set up a new temple, uh, and that area became Samaria, and the people that worshipped at that temple became the Samaritans. So it's so you know these people the people in Samaria would not necessarily think of themselves as as different as having a different history than the people in Judea but they were very bitter rivals and there was a lot of tension over who got it who was getting it right. And so from the point of view of these gospel writers who are Judeans and Jesus who is a Judean the Samaritans were the ultimate other. They were the people that uh, were doing it completely wrong, that could not possibly be loved by God, and they they were the enemy in a lot of ways, at least in a lot of religious ways. so that's important to know uh, as we get into this story uh, and then I think uh, in terms of leprosy, Maya's going to talk a little bit about that when in her point, which is the first point. So take it away, Maya Cool.
1: I just kind of wanted to talk about for my point, the nine other uh, lepers that. Uh, Do not turn back, and how I have great compassion for them because you know I strongly identify with that notion. Leprosy, you know, I mean, we call it Hansen's disease now, but it, you know, you're not born with it. These people had lives that they probably missed very much when they became infected with leprosy, and they got cast out as a result because it is an infectious disease. You know, they were considered unclean. So lepers are on the margins of society. And, you know, I just think about how when I've been in a situation where I've cried out to God for help and I have, you know, kind of bounced back, I I have been healed, you know, I, I just kind of go right back to business as usual. I'm like, thanks, cool, got it from here. You know, and I'm grateful. You know, I'm I'm stoked, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't take the time to just stop. I want to immediately go back to the to what I was doing because ultimately, kind of the most frustrating thing for me is you know being sick, whether that's physically, as I am right now, <laughs> or or just spiritually is I just want to get back to the way it was before this was happening. I need to get back to my life. And so when I can press play on that, oh, I go. I, you know, go for it. So it's kind of, I don't know. Yeah, my point is just, you know, I get it. And and I'm still learning to do that. I'm still learning to take those minutes to pause and understand you know, well, take those minutes to pause and just spend time and give thanks for how I've been saved, how often I have, and maybe also examining my business as usual and how maybe I'm moving too fast, you know, and not turning back.
0: Yeah, I think about this a lot when i when I get sick. I was recently really, really sick uh, with the stomach bug. Um, but even like when I get a cold or something, just any time that like that kind of physical uh, suffering is happening, um, it's like when I when I'm really sick, I just desperately, desperately want to not feel bad anymore. And then when I feel better, you know, I like immediately go back to like all the things that I'm worrying about all the time. And there there's kind of like this beautiful thing in the midst of that kind of physical suffering where, like, there's this singular focus, at least for me, there's this singular focus of just getting better that is actually very peaceful kind of, like, mentally and spiritually, um, but it's terrible physically. And, and it's so interesting because, like, when I'm sick, I have such deep gratitude for, like, this de- deep desire to feel well. But then when I feel well again, I, like, forget... Uh, how awesome it is to just feel okay until I get sick again, you know, you know.
2: Right. And I think that that almost translates pretty well into my point, which is the second point, um, which is to whom much is given, much is expected. I mean, we've all heard that a million times. Um, And yet, when we honor the fact that as Maya and David were discussing, that sometimes when we're healed, when we are better, that our instinct is to go right back to business as usual. And honestly, sometimes abusing our poor bodies again, um, because that's probably what landed us being sick in the first place. And that we don't take the time to A, say thank you, and B, recognize that maybe we need to make some behavioral shifts of our own so that we don't end up back in that same place. And it's interesting when we get down to verse 16, which is where the one turns back and prostrates himself at Jesus' feet and thanks him. And the last part of that line is, and he was a Samaritan. And what it points out then is all 10 of these people who were calling out to Jesus, they were marginalized. Um, They were viewed as less than because of their leprosy. And it wasn't until after they were on their way and they were healed and the one came back that we realized that one of those 10 was actually marginalized twofold because Samaritans were viewed as less than just on their own. Then I automatically start thinking about, well, who are the outsiders now? Right. Because for us, it's certainly not Samaritans. We don't live in that region. Um, But in my life, in my town, in my congregation, in the people I interact with every day, who are the people that I expect to respond a certain way? And who are the people that I discount or I set aside and don't expect that same reaction from? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And as I think about that, then I have to think, well, Jesus loves an outsider. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, we hear it over and over again. Um, Jesus eats with sinners. Jesus heals the sick. Um, Jesus continually puts himself in this nurturing relationship with those who are set apart. And therefore, then the call to us is not just that we are supposed to include everybody, because yes, we are supposed to include everybody. But what characteristics do these outsiders have that we aren't inhabiting? Um, in this story, specifically, it's gratitude that we got so caught up in heading back in to do what was expected of us, to to travel the road that was expected of us, that we forgot this important piece of saying thank you, of of showing our gratitude and appreciation for all that we've been given. And that sometimes by looking at the marginalized, by looking at the outsiders, we're able to see something that's lacking in ourselves that we can then choose to embody.
0: Okay, so I think that uh, we'll go into my point uh, number three, um, which is that uh, it was it was interesting looking through the this through this story in the Greek, and it it's I think such an important I think it's important to look at this story not as a a kind of what not to do from the nine but the example of this one person. And so I'm I'm it's interesting following kind of this journey of this one person that is healed and, and comes back. And this idea of healing and this word that is used healing uh, throughout the story actually changes. So in so so the in in different places it's translated as like um, cleansed first as they went on their way they were cleansed and then he saw that he was healed and then Jesus says your faith has made you well and all three of these kind of healing verbs are three different verbs in greek and so i was interested by that idea and i think it i think it's not it's definitely not accidental by the by the author of the story and i think that there's kind of a distinction being made uh, that can give us some pointers to like the way that Jesus is calling us to respond in suffering and healing, and so the first verb when it says the people that they were cleansed is this verb catharizo, which is where we get the word catharsis, like something being cathartic, and it's like this kind of like purifying that when we think of catharsis, it's like something is cathartic if it like. If we are suffering and then that kind of like immediate affliction kind of it is, is cleaned out, it like goes away. Um, and so this, uh, this like first cleansing that they're talking about when they're on the road, uh, all 10 of them are on the road, they're all cleansed. And so this kind of like immediate physical leprosy affliction is, is taken away from them. You know, So that, that immediate kind of like suffering is gone. And so the interesting thing is that only one of them is described as recognizing this second kind of healing which is iaomai in Greek. So it's different than kathariso. So iaomai is when they, the guy says uh, when when the gospel says then one of them when he saw that he was healed turned back. And so this this iaomai is is about is kind of translated as healing but it could also be like being made whole and more physically but also specifically by God, kind of like that you're rec- it's a recognition that this is like a a gift from God, this healing so recognition that this thing is not just a taking away of an affliction but a be a like a wholeness making uh healing physically, which kind of leads to a spiritual wellness and then when they go when this person goes back to Jesus uh and Jesus says Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. That verb that is translated made you well is sozo, which is a very important word in Christian theology uh, because there's an area of Christian theology called soteriology, which comes from the Greek word soter, which is the noun that we uh, translate as savior, and is from this verb, sozo. So when we say that Jesus saves or that Jesus is a savior, this is the verb that we're talking about in Greek is sozo. So it goes from catharsis, katharizo, to iaomai, this kind of physical wholeness and healing, to sozo, to this saving. But also this verb sozo means healing, being made whole, but it's like a divine wholeness, a spiritual wholeness. So that it looks like to me... Jesus is outlining kind of like these different steps on the path of heal of like recovery and healing from suffering. And so it's not that the people the the other nine are not going to be healed. It's not that they're gonna that because they didn't turn back, their leprosy is gonna come back. It's more that this healing is like a free gift from God. This is happening all the time, no matter what. This is like a constant invitation. This is not a once and for all kind of thing. But this idea that when we are, our suffering is always, is always, always, always an invitation to depth and to deeper relationship with God. And it is through this turning back, through this recognition, through an awareness of what is happening, how God is moving, and how it has happened that, that that can deepen, and it's, con- it's this constant invitation to that kind of recognition. Uh, okay, so that is three points. Uh, so Ooh. point number one was Mayas, and it was some sympathy for the other nine people, you know, recognizing the ways... Uh, that it is challenging to, to um, recognize how God is moving when we're not kind of in a crisis mode in some sort of physical suffering. And thus, it is an invitation uh, to recognize God's movement in our lives. Number two was Charlotte's, and it was about um, this gratitude for healing, but also about the way that Uh, Jesus is lifting up this person who is kind of the ultimate other in this context, the ultimate outsider as the example of faith and how that is kind of a constant call to us to break down the ways that we separate ourselves from one another uh, into the good and the bad to break down those kind of dualistic walls. And then number three was mine. And it was about these three different uh, verbs for healing uh, and that kind of invitation, constant invitation from God through suffering to depth and to wholeness and to salvation, but salvation in a way that is not just a, a confession of faith in Jesus, but it is a deep whole-making process and a deep healing and wholeness that is saving. So uh, having heard those three points, Charlie is going to read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything different this time through.
2: Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back,
0: All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning into this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast for the week of October 13th, proper 23 in year C. Uh, please send us any and all of your questions, comments, or stories from your week of faith discussion. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us through the website, www.myfaithtogo.org, through Instagram, at faithtogo, or uh, you can email us directly, faith to Go at stpaulcathedral.org. Make sure to uh, take part in those Instagram polls uh, every week. And make sure to rate and review this podcast to help other people find it. Also, go tell a neighbor or a friend about the podcast. That would be fun. Uh, and uh, so make sure you go do that. And until next week, we say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Goodbye, and- everyone.